0: If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Psalm 124. Our preaching passage for the morning is Psalm 124. Hear the word of the Lord. A song of ascent, of David. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. This is God's Word. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to exalt you right now. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look back. Look back. To find help for today. That's in a sense what my high school teacher was saying when he pointed to the large picture that he had posted on his wall. It was a picture of a wrecked car, one that had flipped over. It was banged up, bashed in, and destroyed. And he told us that this was his car, and if he hadn't been wearing a seatbelt, he wouldn't be standing here today. So get a good look, he said, because that's why you wear your seatbelt. It was a call to look back, to instruct us towards help for today. We have something similar in our text this morning from Psalm 124. Last week, Pastor Ben Panner preached from Ecclesiastes 12, and the text urged us to remember our Creator as we look forward to the day of our death. Today, the Word of the Lord will urge us to remember Him as we look back. Look back to find help today. The book of Psalms was the songbook for Old Testament Israel, and Psalm 124 falls within a unit of psalms. You can see the inscription at the top of our text today. It says, a song of ascents. It's one of 15 songs. That are found between Psalm 120 and 134 that functioned in some sense as the playlist for the people of God. These were lyrics that were sung corporately by the people as they journeyed back to Jerusalem each year. And ironically, it's as they walked forwards towards the city that they're instructed by this song to take a journey backwards in time. Look back to find help for today. The structure of this song provided by the psalmist has two main movements for us this morning. It begins with this potential past, verses 1 through 5, and it moves to the actual present in verses 6 through 8. The potential past is a perilous picture and the actual present is a praiseworthy one. The psalmist' message is simple. Look back, look back to find help for today. I think it's safe to say that we live in the midst of a confusing world and we could all use some help. But God's word will show us this morning that not all help is the same. <laughs> And this text will instruct us towards a help that is unlike any other help, a help that every person needs, and only one has the power to grant. So keep your Bibles open. If you don't have one, grab one in front of you in the pew. Pull out your phone. Psalm 124. Let's start where the text starts with the potential past in verses 1 through 5. Why is it such a perilous picture? Look at verse 1. It reads, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. It's a song that begins with the psalmist considering a history without God on their side. We're told this is a psalm of David. And now, David is an important figure in the Bible. He's the king of Israel, and if he wrote this psalm, it's likely that we know some of the instances that he was writing about or referring to. For example, following David being anointed king in Second Samuel 5, we're told that the Philistines attempted to destroy him and this new kingdom. And the Bible tells us not only was David victorious, but that the Lord gave the enemy into his hand. And again in 2 Samuel 8:14 it says this, the Lord gave David victory wherever he went. And in 2 Samuel 7:18 David's own words say, who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me thus far? This is a man who knows what it's like to be close to death. Who knows what it's like to be fearful for his life? Who knows what it's like to have his back against a wall? And yet he can attest to the Lord being on his side. But this song, likely written by him, was not solely for him, it was not a solo act, if you will. This was a song for the people of God, and David isn't going to be caught singing this song by himself. Look at verse 1 again. I love this. He says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us. The psalmist is the worship leader here. The repetition shows us that he's trying to stir up the people, not just to listen to somebody else sing, but to raise their voice, to reflect and sing themselves. He's saying, sing it out with your voice. Consider what could have been. This is not a solo act, but a corporate one. And so we're going to do something here this morning. College Church, repeat after me. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. That's what he's doing. He's saying, look back. Where would we be without the Lord? Where would you and I be without the Lord? On our side. The song starts with these words. And this is a conditional clause. It is the beginning of a drawn-out if-then statement in the text. Verses 1 and 2 give us the condition, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, And verses 3 through 5 give us the potential outcomes of that condition. Do you see it? Look in the text. It's there in the repetition of the song. If, if, then, then, then. And so what does a past without the Lord on their side look like? Well, it's described with the exact type of genre and literary devices that you would expect to describe something full of emotion... It's poetry. And look at the poetic imagery that begins in verse three. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Without the Lord, the people would have been swallowed up. It's language of a ravenous animal. Consuming its food with this anger that kindles like a fire, burning. The psalmist continues in verses four and five and switches to the imagery of water. He says, Then the flood would have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us, then over us would have gone the raging waters. Without the Lord, it's a scene of destruction of life being wiped out. It's the image of torrential flooding that pounds a town, dismantling buildings and carrying everything away. The people are described as helplessly swept up without the Lord. It's an image of a time I can remember as a child standing in the ocean with my back to the water and facing the sand. And a large wave came up behind me and struck me down, threw me into the water, flipped me upside down and violently pulled me down the shore. Without the Lord, the torrent goes over the people. And it's the image of something like Niagara Falls, if you've ever been there, You've witnessed it, the sheer power, the force of the raging waters rushing over the edge. Without the Lord, the people are helplessly swept up, struck down, and pounded by the waters. A past without the Lord on their side is not just precarious, but perilous. It's not just risky, but ruinous. It's a past where the people of Israel are depicted as being at the complete mercy of the enemy. And this is an enemy that will not relent and is not open to reason. And so, college church, where would we be without the Lord? This church has a rich history since 1861. A remarkable ministry in this community for a long time. But without the Lord, where would this church be? This song is an antidote to any pride we may pad ourselves with. Without the Lord, we... College church would be, in some sense, swallowed up and consumed, swept away, struck down, pounded, and helpless. And it makes you think, where, where would we be or where would you be personally, not just corporately, but personally without the Lord? I assume and hope that many here might know the blessing of coming to know the Lord at a young age. We thank God if that's the case. But this text is calling us to consider the what-if scenario. What if? What would your life look like without the Lord? It's a terrifying picture. It's one that's not easy to look at. Just like the ruined car wouldn't be easy for my high school teacher to look at, but it's a picture that he wanted mounted up on his wall every day to be able to point to. What could have been. Look back. Do we do that? That's what the psalmist is calling us to do. Look back at the potential past and the potential outcomes of life without the Lord on your side. Well, that's where the psalmist intentionally starts, but it's not where he intends to end in the text. Our text shifts. It shifts from the unrealities of the past to the realities of the present, from this perilous picture to a praiseworthy one. Verses 1 to 5 showed us this potential past, and verses 6 through 8 show us the actual present. So listen to this. Listen how the tone shifts. And look at verse 6. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. The psalmist and the people break out into this emphatic praise. Praise. Why? Because after considering the unrealities of the past, they cannot help but rightly praise God. What is the present praise marked by in the text? It's marked by a powerful, God-granted escape. Even the refrain, we have escaped, is repeated twice. It's written in the present perfect tense. That means it's describing this connection between where we find ourselves in the present and where they found themselves and what the actual past was. Not a possible one, the real past, how it impacts the real present. And look at how the escape is described. It's described in verse 6. It's where it begins. We have similar language to what we saw in verse 3. It's a dangerous animal seeking to swallow and consume its prey. We're told that the prey has escaped from the teeth of the predator. A few years ago in the news, you might have seen this. There was a dog that was trapped helplessly in the mouth of an alligator. And the owner of the dog jumped into the water and wrestled the alligator and pried open its mouth. And the dog miraculously escaped. That's the image. Can you imagine being trapped like that, helpless, feeling the pressure of the teeth, literally tasting death, and then being saved? and escaping that's that's the image that the psalmist is painting the people have been rescued from the doorstep of death and they've escaped verse 7 adds with another image adds to this escape and describes it it says we have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowler's the snare is broken and we have escaped you see the fowler would trap a bird with a, a carefully set up snare and a net but we're told in the text that that snare was it was broken the trapping device was disarmed and the bird was set free And so don't you see that this heightened present praise from Israel is only possible because they've known what it feels like to have their back against the wall. The present praise of verse 6 and 7 is only possible possible because they've considered the potential past of 1 through 5. One can't rejoice in an escape that they never know and never knew that they needed. And so today for us, Disregarding the potential past without the Lord limits and inhibits our ability to praise Him when we walk in here on a Sunday morning. Maybe you read these words this morning and you just wish that if God was real, that He would do something like this for you. You long, long for an escape, for help. And I want you to see that there is a word here for you this morning. It is not an easy word, but it leads to a wonderful praise of escape. You see, Old Testament Israel in the Bible had countless enemies you could read about. They were enslaved in Egypt, but God provided a way of escape. They were confronted by enemy nations by the Philistines, but God provided a way of escape. They were taken into exile and captivity, but God provided a way of escape. Israel escaped from many great enemies. But this is meant not only to understand that, but to point to an even greater enemy today an enemy that comes as a result of our sin our unrighteousness before a righteous and holy God, a God who will not spare justice. And the evil one would like you to believe this morning that you aren't trapped, that you aren't in the mouth of the predator, that you aren't stuck in the snare of the fowler, but the sobering reality is you might be this morning. And it's only a matter of time before it's all over. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. And this death is certain for all who do not find a way of escape. And so hear these words. In Psalm 124, these words were penned by a king who experienced And escape. But I tell you today, there is another king who did not experience escape. A king that came from the line of David, a man who knew what it was like to have people rise up against him, a man who was preyed upon, who was nailed to a cross, a man who had the power to free himself but chose not to. And the Bible tells us that his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us or God on our side. He is the crucified king that has come from David. His name is Jesus. And he didn't escape so that we might. He died on the cross so that you might be forgiven. And all and any here, who call upon his name in faith today, receiving his death as payment for their sinful debt. By faith, receive inheritance, eternal life, forgiveness of sins, fellowship with God forever. This is why we gather each Sunday. This is why we're here. To look back. We look back and praise God for for providing a way of escape in Christ. And to those who are Christ followers, to us, College Church, might your short life, might our short life here on this earth be marked as a picture of such praise in verse 6 and 7. Even this week, how might we reflect the praise that we see in verses 6 and 7. And to those who do not know Jesus Christ in this way, I share these words that you might. And I urge you this morning to look back. Look back at the cross. Look back to find help today through the escape offered to you in Jesus. May you know the love of God in Christ and by faith take hold of his escape and forgiveness. Romans 8:31 says these words, if God is for us, who can be against us? Where is God? Is he on your side? Look back. Look at the cross of Christ. But where is their help today that you speak of? Where is the help today? It's sung there in verse 8. It's the destination of our song. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. It's when we look back that we see that our helper is our creator. Our maker is our sustainer. And I know this, for some believers this morning, is not an easy song to sing. For others, it may be, but for some, it may feel like it takes more than one call for the psalmist to lift up and raise their voice. Maybe this song is not a strong declaration, but a trepid and quiet whisper. And so to those who feel stuck in verses 3 through 5, like the potential past is the reality you're living in, know that this text does not downplay whatever suffering you may be going through. We know there is real, confusing, challenging pain in this room. But I hope you see that this text presupposes and normalizes a world where the people of God, who know His help, still live in need of his ongoing help. Verse 8 ends with this ongoing present need for help. We are instructed to see that God moves towards those in need, not away from them. He sides with the needy and does not abandon them. And while he has not chosen to give complete understanding into his ways and his purposes in this fallen, broken world where there is suffering, and it may be difficult for you to feel like you can hold on and grasp it today, this morning, remember that our God is a covenant-keeping God. He has been faithful, he is faithful, and he will continue to be faithful. He is holding you. The words of Jesus comforted me this week as I considered it. John 10, to the sheep who are following him, Jesus says, no one will snatch them out of my hand. Romans 8 comforts us as well with these words. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress Or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor conquerors, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation... Will be able to separate us from the love of our Creator, our Maker, the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Look back to find help for today. When my high school teacher looked back, he could see what could have been. And so he lived in gratitude. And there's value in that, don't get me wrong. But the gratitude is short-lived and does not guarantee life-saving help in the future. It reminds me of the words you would find in the financial services industry at the bottom of a financial product. These words, past performance does not guarantee future results. (laughs) That's the best help the world can offer. A short-lived gratitude. That it wasn't as bad as it could have been. That does not lead or guarantee any future lasting help. The world can't offer you verse 8. But Jesus can and he does. And when we look back at the help offered in Christ, we are offered a permanent help. His past work is the only thing that does guarantee a future positive result. He alone is the creator. He alone is our helper. The perils of a potential past lead us to the praise, the actual present, the praise for an escape, the the declaration in verse 8 for help, Psalm 124. Look back, look back to find help for today. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for being on our side. I pray that that comfort would tangibly affect those who need to hear those words this morning. Thank you for your presence with us and your power to help us. And I pray that if there's someone here that you are leading, Lord, that you would lead them to know your help offered in Jesus for the first time today. We praise you, we love you, and we thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.